and they can start the party at Scotland. That's a brilliant goal from Gary Jones. And Henderson, oh, what a goal! Oh, he's drilled home by Steve Davis. Dear, then he comes back to Sand. Oh, he's gone! And now it's Dawson. That is a hugely important goal, which may just keep Rochdale in League One. Hello and welcome to the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. My name is Dean. I'm going to apologise in advance because I'm a little bit under the weather, so I'm not feeling great. So if my voice sounds a bit weird today, that is why. I'm also joined by Ryan, who's in a similar boat, I think. Ryan, how are you, mate? Yeah, similar. Um, But yeah, not bad, thanks. And Chaff's with us as well. Chaff, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right now after my battle with COVID. I'm now I'm a survivor. Come out the other side a better man, I heard. Uh, (laughs) uh, Luke's with us as well. Luke, how are you? Fitting well, mate. Fitting well. The only one of us that is, it seems. Go on. <laughs> um, so, not only are we feeling a bit under the weather, a couple of us here, but also Dale haven't given us much to smile about in the last couple of weeks. Uh, the last two games since we last spoke, or last three games, if you count the Pizza Cup, uh, have yielded three more defeats, no goals scored. It's been a difficult few weeks to be a Dale fan, but we're going to delve into those games and uh, pick the bones apart now. Starting with that defeat at Valley Parade to Bradford. Um, Luke, I'm going to come to you first. I think, to be fair, out of these three games, I think that was probably our best performance. Um, we just couldn't convert the chances and, and Bradford were clinical with theirs. And that was kind of the difference on the day, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think kind of um, looking, we're reflecting on the Bradford game now. Um with, with two defeats that followed that. But in isolation, I don't think we were anywhere near our best. But we had more than enough chances to absolutely smash it, um, you know, and kind of have a, a comfortable three points. And we just didn't take our chances, which, um, you know, when it comes to criticising kind of shape, the way we set up, etc., etc. I don't think you can really do that. It was individual errors. You know, it's an individual error when you, when you don't kind of basically score when you should. Um, and we had enough half chances as well so um, I really do just put it down to the fault of the attacking players really as far as you know we should have we should have put that game to bed I, I wasn't that impressed by Bradford um, as far as kind of you know the way they imposed themselves on us you know it, I felt like we were relatively comfortable um, throughout the 90 but um, I mean the chances that jump out are kind of Udo in the first half when he's running onto it um, good movement because he's obviously come in from the left-hand side, but he's got to get it on target. Um, and then Cashman twice were the one where he should have squared it for Beasley rather than taking a shot. That was a weak effort. Um, and then the, the, the gilt edge one, you know, later on in the game when he probably even had time to take a touch. But for me, it was a simple slot into the back of the net. So um, it's rare that we've done it this season, but our kind of forward players let us down, I think. Yeah, Ryan, I think based on the few games before it, the one player you would want those chances to fall to would probably be Danny Cashman, but he just just didn't show any composure, did he, with either of those chances? No, not at all. Um, You know, like you said, you expect more from him, given his pedigree and sort of some of the clips we've seen from him at at Brighton um, and that kind of thing, and what we've seen already this season, but it's tough to really know what to 
put it down to it. I suppose he wouldn't have played in a stadium like that with a crowd like that before, but it's what he's getting paid to do. So you can't give him too many excuses. He's got to score. Um, as has Udu, like um, Luke said. Um, but yeah, you expect more from a player at the level he's at. Um, you know, we've got him on loan from a very good side, having just been released from a, you know, another good side in the Premier League. So you do expect a lot more from him, and it, it's disappointing. And ultimately, it cost us at least a point. Yeah, absolutely. And I think at the other end as well. Um, I know Luke said there that we kind of we kind of blaming the forwards for missing the chances, and he's right too because we had enough chances to to finish the game off. But Chaff, it was a, a pretty poor performance again from the back three together and Jiriel Dorset especially I think I've said every week that I'm less and less convinced by him and that was one of his worst performances yet so far um, do we think it's maybe time for us to look for a different option in defence ahead of Dorset uh, yeah well we had one didn't we um, in Max Taylor I don't know what Max Taylor's done wrong um, to, to warrant being dropped um, but yeah when he, when he first when he made his debut against Northampton, I think. He looked shaky when he came on. Then I thought he did okay the next couple of games. And then since then, he's just... He's, he, I'll be honest, he's just not looked up to it yet. Um, you you kind of forgive him a little bit because he, he's only 19. Um, and he's played his entire football, senior football career at, at Rochdale. Um, never played a the senior game before us, I don't think. So you've, there's, there's an experience there as well. But at the same time, he he's come from a from a good championship side. He's come from a side who think he can he, he can evidently have a very good career in the game. Um, and I think he he does need to to do better. And I think it's probably hampering O'Connell as well, having to look after youngsters next to him as well. I think we we said that that happened quite a bit last year as well um, with the likes of Roberts next to next to O'Connell and, and, you know, a lot of responsibility being placed on his shoulders as well as having to do his own game. So, I, yeah, I, I, Dorset wouldn't be in my side at the minute. Um, I think we missed a trick in the summer in, or maybe not missed a trick because I don't know what I were options were like but I think we needed an experienced defender maybe not experienced but somebody who's at least he's, he's just going to he's just going to defend he's going to offer back up to, to O'Connell um, and he's not going to come into the side and look shaky and look like his position isn't his positional play isn't great so yeah, I, I I wouldn't be. I've not been impressed with Dorset. I've not been overly impressed with Sam Graham either. Um, I thought he did okay at the weekend, but that was about it. So, yeah, I think we're struggling a little bit at the minute. No, I was just going to say about Dorset. I think sometimes we've had defenders come in and they look shaky at the beginning, but you can sort of see what they could potentially offer, or they've done something well. I.e., they've just been a stopper. They're the type of st- like. Banks Landell didn't pull up any trees, but I think in the early games, he had a couple of shaky games, but he looked solid. Similar with Offshore, although he showed that he could play football after a, a, f- a few games. With Dorset, I 
genuinely don't see a single trait that I like from him. I don't think he can defend. I think his positional play is awful. Um, he's absolutely hopeless on the ball. Um, so I'd, I don't know what, but I think I, I disagree with, not, you can't disagree with an opinion, I suppose, but I didn't really see anything from him in the two games after the Northampton game. I, I've had the same opinion all along. I, I don't know how he's kept his place. You can only assume Taylor's injured because he weren't even in the squad on Saturday. Um, but if that's the case, I think we'll probably come into it, but change the, change the shape. Or generally would rather see McNulty there because I think Dorset's just been an absolute disaster so far. Jesus. Um, <laughs> I think that's a bit harsh. Um, <laughs> no, like, I'll have my chair then. I think, I think that is a, a, an issue though, is like what Chaff was saying a minute ago there about having a, an experienced defender in the squad, I suppose. That is the slot in the squad that's taken up by McNulty at the moment. And we all know his lack of ability at, at this point of his career. Um, it feels like, you know, Jim's, I'm not going to say more of a hindrance than a help, but if he wasn't there, would we have the, the funds to invest in, you know, more of an experienced centre-half to help along those younger ones? I know we've got O'Connell there in the middle, but Luke, he gave the penalty away O'Connell um, last Saturday. I haven't seen it back, to be honest, but at the time I felt like he should have just cleaned his man out way higher up the pitch than he actually did and he ended up getting really tangled up and, and bringing him down in the box and then I think I said to you, I said to you or I said to someone afterwards there was a, a similar moment at the other end of the pitch where Cashman tried to get away from someone and was just brought down immediately and it's little things like that that sometimes can be the difference in games where both teams are struggling to really kind of imprint their own personality on the game Yeah, it's just that little bit of kind of that, that cynical you know Call it whatever you want, the you know, shit or whatever. But um, yeah, maybe he had the opportunity to 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 kind of just you know take one for the team and take a you know take a blow and book him. But because he was that high up the pitch, I think it, it probably didn't cross his mind. You know, when we lost the ball to, to do that, because you kind of there might have been that assumption that we'd be able to kind of re, regroup. Um, you know, but. In the end, because we were committing bodies forward, it turned into a foot race between him and the Bradford player. And you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna find weaknesses in O'Connell's game, he's not quick at all. Um, and kind of, I think defensively, O'Connell's looked a bit shaky the last few games. I think potentially, like the lads have said, it's it's as a result of maybe keeping an eye on what's left and what's going on left and right of him, and not being able to kind of fully have confidence in. Uh, in the players around him doing their jobs. So he's kind of, as soon as you kind of, I think as soon as you start concentrating on that, you, your own game can go um, Because you, you split second and decision-making and if you're concentrating on what Dorset's doing to the left of you or Graham's doing to the right of you, it can maybe weaken your own game. But also, at the same time, as, as poor as what I think he's been, he's kind of been our best attacking player as well. Which says it all, really, regards to you know what we've been creating over the last couple of games. So, um, when your centre half is your most kind of dangerous player going forward, um, rings alarm bells, doesn't it? So, yeah, it's my take on it. A ch- a chaff, I think another issue on on Saturday on the on the game at Bradford, rather um, in particular, was in the midfield. We just really struggled to gain any sort of control in there. Most of the chances that we got were either kind of set pieces or a nice kind of quick break out of there. But in terms of controlling possession, we really struggled 
I thought, at Bradford. Um, what do you think is missing in that midfield at the moment? Because we're now starting to see a bit more of Kelly as well, but even he is is kind of struggling to, to improve things in there. Um, I th- I'll be honest, I think we're missing energy in the midfield. Um, for example, and I'm, I know he's a quality, quality player, but if you put an Ollie Rathbone in that midfield, it's a very different story. Um, I also think that really lacking a little bit of strength. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Dooley's not a strong player. Um, Marley is not a very good player defensively. Um, we, we all know that. I know the stats will tell you different, but I'm not bothered about stats. Um, and Liam Kelly's very, very small. And I think if you were to put somebody like Jimmy Keown in the in maybe in, in, in addition to, I think you'd have a, a much more effective midfield because I think you've got somebody who will do a lot of running. Um, he's also got a bit of defensive ability about him as well. And we, we, we're just missing a body in there. I mean, one of the issues that we've had, even when we were winning games, is that the midfield got overrun at times. Um, and now that we're losing games, it, it's blindingly obvious that we're missing a man in there. Um, whether that it, it, it's going to require a change of system at some point, um, as I'm sure we'll all mention in a little bit, but it, it just needs it needs somebody sitting and allowing the two midfielders to get forward a bit further. Um, when Kelly came into the side against Crawley, the him and Marley are very, very similar players. They're both far too deep. Um, and, yeah, it's just not working, is it, in that midfield? Um, I, I think it needs more energy. I think it needs a little bit more strength. Ryan, I feel like I'm just kind of moving through the squad and, and, and picking out players who are falling, whose form has fallen off a cliff, but that's kind of where we're at at the moment. And, and another one who, who was kind of, the, the star man when we were in form a few weeks ago and has really struggled in the last few weeks was Corey, it's Corey O'Keefe. And again at Bradford and, and again at Crawley after, in the game afterwards, I think he's really struggled to to get forward and support the front three as much um, recently, hasn't he? Yeah, I don't... I can't comment on Bradford, but for, from what I saw of a Crawley game and you know a couple of the others before that, I don't think it's necessarily a fault of his. I thought some of his final... You know, his final passes on Saturday, you know, a couple of times he did get forward in the first half. We just, he made some strange decisions. But um, I think a lot of what's going wrong at the minute stems from the midfield and the fact that we're not playing through the lines. So Corey O'Keefe is struggling to get forward because, you know, I've I've played wing back, albeit obviously nowhere near that level. But it's very hard when you're going from back to front quickly, like we are, like, well, if you can say front, because we're just moving it forward, aren't we, at the minute? But it's very hard to be effective doing that. You you almost feel like you're doing just pointless running. It's a bit demotivating. You know, it's very hard because you, you're expected to get from one by line to the other in rapid, you know, rapid time. And I think he's just he's struggled with that, and I don't think we've seen the bet. I don't necessarily think he's been poor. I just don't think we've seen anything of him. Um, and I think because of that, it almost feels like he has been poor because you're used to going, oh, Corey O'Keefe set up a goal, or Corey O'Keefe scored a goal, and because he hasn't done, you just think, right, oh, he's 
he's had a shit game then, but I just think he's he's almost been non non existent. Um there's probably more he can do, but you know, I won't put all the blame on him. Um I think it is an issue with a team and it needs addressing because it just feels like we've been found out a bit. And when your best players are sort of coming off form and aren't involved in games, that I think should tell the manager that. Um but yeah, he's been quiet. There's no doubt about that. I think that's a good point about us being found out because I think particularly these last two games, we've played against two teams that, to me, I've not been impressed with whatsoever. And I think they've just come with a plan that's not even, doesn't even, they've not looked like teams that we will struggle against. I think earlier in the season, I know you disagreed, Ryan, but I thought Forest Green looked like a team that even if we played well, we'd have struggled to beat. Bradford and Crawley looked like the sort of teams that we could have wiped the floor with had we played like we did you know, against Northampton and against Tranmere and Port Vale. But uh, that's where we're at at the moment in terms of our form. Um, Luke, you've made the point on here a couple of times in the last few weeks that you're worried slightly about the, the lack of characters in the squad. For me, that Bradford game was a, a good indicator of that as well. I, I said to you afterwards, didn't I, that we, we're missing like a Gary Jones in midfield. And I know there's not many of those players kind of knocking about as much as there was in Jonah's day, but you feel like we wouldn't have gone down with a whimper with a player like that in the middle of the park on on uh, at Bradford. Yeah, I mean, I think players who have that kind of, have that steel and have that personality, they just don't give in. You know, they'll, they'll go to the end and that, that to me is a given regardless of kind of whatever level you're at really. But you just don't feel like we've got that bite or that drive. It just feels like we're just a little bit passive you know it looks like at times you know I know for a fact that you know going back to Dorset for example he's in his shell now he knows he's playing bad and he's in his shell you know every time he got the ball against Crawley there was no look for a, a pass or anything it was how can I move this ball as far away from my feet as possible how quick can I do that down the line um, and, and there's a few of them uh, where I kind of I look back over Dale teams in years gone by you know I look back at the Dale team that was kind of last in League Two when we got promoted. You had likable players, likable as far as you like them as actual footballers, but you kind of liked what the, you could see what they kind of brought and what they did for each other. It's a bit hard to kind of articulate this, but you know, like the likes of Peter Vincenti, Michael Rose, you know, Ian Henderson, um, even all the Lancashire, who I wasn't that keen on as a player for what it's worth, but. It just felt like they had something more about them as as personalities, and and as a result of that, what that creates is a better team, a stronger team, you know, a more solid team. Where when you're not playing well, you can dig out results, or you know, you can kind of rely on each other. And I don't think we've got that in the team. When a few players aren't playing well, I don't think we've got that in our team. And I don't know if that's kind of, you know, whether it's sense one single thing or an accumulation of things but I do think you know I just there's no one that I've kind of as sad as this sounds like in that team that I just made reference to there's quite a few like at the end of the season do or what have you I quite look forward to going speaking to you know like trying to strike up a conversation and having a bit of a laugh with but honestly I could walk past a Dale player and not even want to kind of really you know have a conversation or anything like that because I don't know they're just I, I'm a bit stuck, really, for, for how to kind of explain what I'm trying to get across, um, you know, right now. But, yeah, I just don't see it. 
Yeah, I agree with everything Luke's said. I think we've got almost a, a squad of... When you think of a modern-day footballer and you think, you know, they'd be not bothered... I'm not saying they're not bothered about the fans, but it, it comes across that they, they're about that, the footballer life, and you can imagine them going out and telling everyone the footballers and this, that and the other. That's what, you look at when we got promoted and, you know, there are a lot of young players in that. You think Matty Lund were young back then and Jamie Allen, two centre-hours were pretty young as well, Scotty Organ, but it was littered with experience and people who'd been around the block. Luke mentioned your Vincentis, your Michael Roses, your Endersons, you know, Peter Cav. You need that. And I think you look at our squad now and you, you think our experienced players in that first team, there's O'Connell who's, He's not exactly been round the block, albeit I think he's led quite well this season. Well, very well, to be fair to him. And then apart from that, you're looking round and there isn't any really, is You look at players who've played, you know, 100 games plus. I should have probably done my research before I started going on about this, but how many have of us? Probably O'Connell, Morley will have done, but he's nowhere close to being a leader. Is there anybody else who would have played that many football league games it probably isn't so you away, maybe. Away, but he's not he's not in the AD White then AD White when we went 1-0 down I was looking round and thinking who's going to get us out of this who's going to get us back into it and I, I'll be honest I just I weren't seeing it and I I think that's going to be an issue for us I don't think we're going to be in any sort of trouble but I think it's dead hard, this, isn't it? Because after the last podcast, we were all saying we're going to go up and stuff. And these, these you know, peaks and troughs are going to happen throughout the season. But I think when the going gets tough and the chips are down, I'm struggling to, to think of a player who's going to grab a game by the scruff of its neck and go, you know what, I'm going to get us out of this here. Um, you know, I just don't see it. I think I, I'm not... I'm not one of them where I kind of insist on the players showing their appreciation for the fans by, you know, um, doing a full-on lap of the pitch, you know, kind of clapping them at the end of the game. But it's all well and good players storming off the pitch in a paddy. Um, but where was the fight when, when when the game was going? You know, where was that fight? And, you know, like, so these players are the ones that are tweeting now, the fans are class and, you know, everything's amazing when you're winning games. But where, you know, it doesn't, you know, this is football, isn't it? It's like what we're saying, you know, one minute you think that you're bloody going to put in a promotion post, the next you're kind of looking over your shoulder. So I do appreciate, like, football in general can be fickle, but, you know, you're in it together, aren't you? And for me, like, players are storming off the pitch in a paddy. It's just almost like rubbing salt in the wounds as a fan because it's kind of like if you put the fight in on the pitch... I wouldn't even mind if you just go off like at the end of the game. You don't clap the fans. I'm not. I'm not asked about that. But it's kind of just like it's like Ryan said. It's just it just feels like it's all appearances. You know, it's all it's all kind of like you know being that kind of what a footballer is these days, and it pisses me off. Like you know, he's you got to dig deep, haven't you? Like that's it's that's a fact. It's like when it's tough, you got to dig deep, and just we've just not seen that. I agree with you there, Luke. Um... I'm not, I don't care if people come over and clap and us until we leave like Jim McNulty does. But start, but getting off the pitch as quick as you can, it's petulant. And I pulled Aramali up about it at Harrogate 
he could not wait to get off the pitch and he was exactly the same on Saturday. And it's like watching my lad play football on a Saturday and Sunday morning. If things are not going right, he storms off as well. But he's eight. And I expect a lot more from professional footballers. And it, it's worth the lack of... Yeah, fight. There's, there's, there's no other way, word for it. And it, it, that's the alarming bit for me. Um, and that's the... It's, it's that lack of fight that will will see us struggle more than anything else. Because I think we've got players with bags of ability. But that lack of fight's worrying. Yeah, I just want to come back to something Ryan said a minute ago, actually, about there not being any players that are kind of showing that attitude and being up for the fight. I don't think the manager is either on a Saturday. I'm kind of sick of looking over to him and seeing him kind of scratching his face and I don't hear him shout. I don't see him coming out onto the edge of his um, technical area and issuing instructions. He looks defeated when we go behind and that has to be, players have to be feeding off that. Um, It certainly seems like it in the last few weeks and I know we talk about him saying the right things in press conferences and there's not even, you know, kind of any evidence that him bawling, shouting and screaming on the such side is going to make any difference, but at least to the fans it would show that he, he cared as much as we do. On a, on Saturday in particular against Crawley, he looked absolutely dejected um, and I think had we lost, had that been the fifth, sixth, seventh game on the bounce that we'd lost in the league, I think he would have looked like a dead man walking to be honest with his attitude and that's got to be a massive worry because um, especially if we're not seeing it from any of the players, we should be seeing it from the manager, and that is a, that is a huge worry for me. I'd sit right behind my dugout, so if he ever said anything, I could I could probably hear it. And I think you're dead right. There was just nothing really from him or Jimmy Shan. You, you get they scored, I think it was a 16th minute because he turned around once we scored, like put his arms in the air, looked to the dugout, and just said the words 16 minutes and rolled his eyes. And it's like, right. Fair enough. I'll give you that. But then there were no reaction onto the pitch, really. And then, like you said, there were nothing during the game. I think when things get tough, he calls Jimmy Shan over, has a quick chat with him. And then Jimmy Shan sits down, that sort of it. And, yeah, I, I, I'm struggling a bit because I, I like him. Um, but, you know, like you said, I don't see any... If we got back into the game, it wouldn't be through him motivating the team to do it and we don't know what happens in the dressing room at half time and stuff like that but it can't be much um, and yeah I just, yeah, I had, I had the same thoughts as you to be honest and then you think he changed the shape with, with 10 minutes left um, not through personnel but it was sort of you know putting different players in different positions and what and it's just, it just feels a bit too that felt too reactive to me Um but I suppose at least it was some sort of reaction. Um, just a bit too late, weren't it? Yeah, I think we've already kind of moved on to the to the quality game now. So we'll carry on talking about that. I don't think any of us have got much to say on the Port Vale game. Um, I think the one real chance, Chaff, that came during the game fell to uh, Abraham Udu in the first half, just after Crawley had gone one up or not long after Crawley had taken the lead. Um that's now, I count it as four sitters that he's missed this season. Two against Tranmere, one against Bradford, and then that one again on Saturday. Only one goal to his name. I mean, there's clearly a player there, but we really need to start seeing him put the ball in the back of the net, don't we? Because it's costing us points. 
Yeah, we just we, we we need an end product, don't we? Um, you can forgive somebody for not scoring if they're assisting, and at the minute we're not getting either. So there just there needs to be some more end product from Udo. Um, the, there's very much a player there is very very technically good player. Um, we just need to see a little bit more. And you're right about the chances. Um, I watched the warm ups. Um, before the game, every home game, because they're right in front of where I stand in the Sandy Lane. Um, and he never looks like he's going to score, even in the warm-ups. Um, and that chance that he, he gets against Crawley is, yeah, he, he's got to put that away. I'm a little bit surprised that Conor Grant didn't um, have a go. Maybe that's a little bit of a lack of confidence or a, a lack of sharpness on his part, because he's only just come back into the side, hasn't he? Um, but yeah, we're, we're lacking a little bit of sharpness. We're lacking a finisher. I thought we were lacking a finisher going into the season, um, and coming out the, the you know, when the, when the transfer deadline was was happening. I don't think it was any secret that we were after a another striker, um, because Andrews is is very very similar to Beasley. Neither of them are going to break any goal scoring records. Um and you just need a little you just need a, a different option and I don't think we've got one. Um Newby started the season like an house on fire and he's dropped off as well. Um and I've I've been a little bit disappointed with with how little he's done recently in the last few games as well. And I think it might all just click into place. Um Sooner rather than later, and we might be having these the the more positive pods again. Um, but at the minute, it a lack of confidence throughout the side is not healthy, and it's it, it, I can't see at the minute where that changes unless we drastically take a different approach. Yeah, you mentioned there about the squad kind of lacking a finisher and and Luke, you would expect that player, if we had one, to play alongside Beasley. It was so obvious on Saturday that Beasley was far too isolated all the way through the game, wasn't it? And that gap between Beasley and pretty much the other 10 players on the pitch made it really, really easy for Crawley to control us every time we went forward, didn't it? Easy peasy because, you know, he's against two centre-halves and um, I think what we're finding in, in League Two as well is tend to be quite experienced, quite physical, um, and they're getting the better of him. But in part, that's because he's just so isolated. Um, Ryan at the nail on the head, playing that formation, you can't. the weakness on it is you can get pinned back and it's really hard to get out. And, then it's, and it's even extra hard to get out in a way in which you kind of build the ball back up the pitch together as a team. Um, so our wing-backs who ideally you kind of want bombing on and, and pushing on into the final third they're playing as a right-back and a left-back and it's a it's a back five with, and Chef mentioned it I think earlier as well Morley and uh, Kelly were playing far too deep, they were playing right in front of the defenders' toes, so even when we did have the ball at the back you know, as soon as the ball went into Morley or Kelly, who can they really go to? You know, numbers-wise are limited with regards to a forward pass. Um, the balance just wasn't right. Um, and 
the reason why I'm talking about that because it all it all basically accumulated into um, Beasley playing on his own. He played in there half on his own. That's how it kind of felt watching that game. Um, and I feel for him because you're asking him to be you're asking him to be that target man. You're asking him to be that hold up player. You're asking him to be that ratter. And then you're asking him to actually kind of be, you know, add that quality as well. Um, and it's too much to ask of someone. Um, that's not, he isn't that good. You know, he's not, I'm not, that isn't a criticism of him, but, you know, he isn't, he's not Grant Holt, for example. He's not the Grant Holt that was with us. Um, so, you know, we had to get closer to him and we just didn't. And, you know, I feel for Beasley because he just puts in so much effort. You know, you want to see players around him. And even when he did kind of, you know, maybe, you know, like put enough pressure on the centre half where we were kind of, we could have picked up a potential second ball. It was all too easy for Crowley. All too easy. Um, There's a point that was just absolutely embarrassing in that second half where, you know, we were 1-0 down and um, it was like they just had the ball and everyone stood still, if you recall it. And... um, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but I can't help but just mention that because it was absolutely infuriating to watch. It was like a three, four-minute spell where it was just like, what is going on here? You know, with it, we are the home team. We're meant to be the ones that are meant to impose ourselves on the opposition. It's our duty to do that, especially at home. And we just didn't do it. You know, we had no prolonged period of kind of time doing that. And um, yeah, it was... Feel for Beasley. We have to kind of find a way of getting closer to him. You know, and it's if we continue playing this formation, it's got to be the two tens with the fullbacks providing an option and a midfielder providing an option behind them. But um, or you or you change formation and you, you put another striker up there with him. But with Andrews not being fit, um, options are, are kind of semi-limited. Um, you know, you're looking at probably then you're looking at like a Cashman to play off him or a Matt Dawn. Um, I don't really think we've really got anyone else to do that in the team. Yeah, back to your original question. I don't think really having another striker with him helps on Saturday at all because I think Beasley thrives from playing in a team that presses and presses high because that's what he wants to do and a team that's playing on the front foot. On Saturday, it was just... it was We had the two centre-halves either side of O'Connell who every time they got it, like Luke said earlier, Dorset got the ball and wanted it as far away from him as possible. So I think there were three times, maybe four in the first half, where he just he literally got the ball and it went right up the other end of the field, either out for a goal kick or straight into the goalkeeper's hands. So I'm sort of, you know, and it sometimes makes Beasley look bad because if it's close to him, Beasley's battling. If he loses a battle, the ball goes aimlessly off and it's sort of like, well, what are you doing? But I don't think another striker helps. I think the way we set up, the way we're setting up at home, and I think is it one win this season so far at home? It's just this formation's fine away because you can sort of get away with it and you can it, it is a bit defensive, um, naturally. At home, get on the front foot, get in people's faces, you know, get up the field, play quickly, get Beasley pressing and get people around him, and it just weren't happening, and we looked like a poor away side on Saturday. And their fans must have wondered what they'd come to watch because they were probably expecting a tough game. And they've, I'd love, I've not read any of their, what their fans have said about it, but 
I bet they're all thinking we're going to be down there because it it was embarrassing at points. Um, and I I felt for Beasley because he'll I've seen it's quite a bit of stick he's getting and he don't deserve it because he didn't do much wrong. He just didn't have anything to work with. I'm going to disagree, mate. I think Beasley deserves a bit of criticism for Saturday because all that. I agree that he, he didn't have enough support and the balls to him weren't good enough. I just felt he got bullied again. And against Oldham, I felt it was the case. I think the referee probably could have done more to protect him against Oldham because I thought McGuire was a little bit over-aggressive. But on Saturday, I don't think Craig was too aggressive at all. I think he was just stronger than him on several occasions. And I was getting a little bit tired towards the end of seeing Beasley sort of half arsed jumps up for the ball. Um, I think he deserved a little bit of criticism, to be honest. But I think you made a good point about being on the front foot against the team at Crawley. I think I read before the game that they'd conceded the most away goals in the league so far. So even more so, they must be their defenders must not be able to believe how, how easy an afternoon they had on Saturday. Um, Chaff, one, one point I wanted to mention as well. We said before that the shape was changed a little bit too late. And I don't know about you, but I couldn't believe it when we, when we made uh, the double substitution and took, um, was it Cashman and Udu off? Oh, brought... Cashman and Newby on for uh, for Udu and Grant. and Grant because it just didn't change anything. It was a like for like swap in terms of personnel, and it was clear to see that the shape wasn't working all the way through the game. Um, I get where you're coming from. Where you couldn't believe it, I could believe it because it, I predicted it. Um, it's absolutely not what I would have done at all, um, and it was very disappointing to see two like for like. Um, substitutions and I'm going to have, add a third as well when A.D. White went off for Matt Dawn. That's a like-for-like like substitution as well. I get that one because A.D. White's he struggles for fitness um, and when you start him, there's not going to be that many games that he completes as well. And he played on Tuesday in the Pizza Cup as well. So I wasn't overly surprised with that one, but just change it up a little bit. Just I know Cashman offers something different to, to Udo in that he, he drops a little bit deeper and he's a bit more he's a bit more he's a bit cleverer and he's a bit he's more like a a Phil Foden type player than a than a Jack Grealish for example. Um so he does offer a little something a little bit different and I thought Cashman did really well when he came on actually. I thought he changed the game a little bit in our favour um whereas Newby did very little. But it is very it 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 was it doesn't change enough. Um, you're not changing the system. You, you, I see it all the time watching Manchester United with Solskjaer and it infuriates me watching him make the substitutions that he does and that infuriated me on Saturday. Um, just try something. Just take a defender off. You're losing it all. Take a defender off and, and put a midfielder on bring a cashman on and, and play somebody in the all behind, isn't it, like, bloody black hole of Calcutta, it was that big. The, 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 the gap between Beasley and, and Kelly and Marley was that big. Put somebody in there. And there's there's, mo- there's so much room for manoeuvre in just making a little change like that. I just, it was a missed opportunity, I thought, to try and get back into the game along with trying something different to see if it works. It's like he's he's come, he, he, 
we had the Harrogate game where we played four at the back. And it's like, because we conceded three, it just completely bend it off because we looked like we were going to concede goals. And it's been the same since in that we've, we've just, we've stuck with it because it's, because we've won a, we've had a, a good spell. It's, we, we've stuck with it and now it, we just need to we just need to to try something else to get us out of this. You don't change your fortunes by keeping doing the same wrong things. Yeah, Luke, it's two tough away games coming up as well, isn't it? This week, um, Ryan said there that he thinks the the kind of wing back formation maybe does suit us a little bit away from home. Would you be looking to change it for the for the Swindon and Salford games, or would you stick with it for one or two more? Particularly given that you know we're on the road for those games. Probably not a popular opinion, but bearing in mind kind of the opposition that we're against, and, and them both being away from home, I would actually stay with um, the back five. Um, I do still think it offers a, a bit more protection, um, and when we've got it right this season, we've got it really right with with the formation. Um, I was, for what it's worth, I was crying out for that change. Um, I thought, give them 10 minutes after the, you know, 10 minutes, second half to see if there's a reaction and then change it. And it was infuriating. We changed it with like five minutes to go where he put Cashman off Beasley. Um, but by then it was too late. But for me, the worry I've got um, in playing a back four is um, I'm confident in O'Connell obviously being able to kind of play there, but then you're going to end up picking one of Graham, Dorset, Taylor or McNulty. Um, I mean, it's good that we've got options, but the quality of those options, in my opinion so far, I, I, I'm still I'm, I'm still umming over over Max Taylor. Um, I did catch some of that Port Vale game and he, he, he was... I think he gets. I think he gets away with a lot of stuff. I think he kind of lucky bounces here and there and and whatnot. I think his positional play is decent, but that's about it from what I've seen so far. So I'm not confident that we could have one of those more exposed, where it's a, a you know a centre half partnership of, of two players rather than three. Um, and in addition to that, I don't think we've got that nasty holding midfielder that I think we'd need to play that formation, especially away from home. I don't think we've got that to offer the protection in that part. So for me, yeah, and I appreciate it might not be a kind of popular opinion, but in view of the opposition and the fact that it's two away games, I will probably stay with um, the back five. Ryan, what about yourself? Because we've we criticised BBM quite a lot last season for being a little bit too stubborn in his style and his formation. Are we getting to a similar territory with Stockdale now? I think we're probably it's similar. Um, I think it's that he should have changed it earlier. Whether he should have started with a different formation on Saturday, I'm not sure. But I think you've got to be a bit more proactive as a manager and see that. There weren't a single person in that stadium who thought that our shape was working on Saturday, apart from Robbie Stockdale. Um, so he needed to change it. But I'm similar to Luke in that we're playing two 
you know, decent teams away from home coming up. Is that the right time to change it? It, it possibly is because you'd imagine they'll do their homework and plan for it, you know, properly because we're good players and we, you know, good managers. But we we don't have a midfielder who can play that holding role. I don't apart from maybe a Keohan, but then you've not got that size. You know, you, you lose a centre, you know, a big centre half at set pieces, and we're useless at them anyway. Um, so. I'm not sure. I think if we were to change, I'd want Keohan as the sitting midfielder. Um, but with it being away, I'm, our away form isn't, albeit recently, it's not great. It's not horrendous over the season so far, I don't think. So I'd perhaps keep it as is for the next two and then for the home game against Sutton, then I'd be looking to change it and we cannot see a similar performance to Saturday next home game or else. Well, the formations are uh, formations. Attendances are dwindling anywhere at 2,200 on Saturday. That's going to keep happening if people keep seeing that. So um, I think I'd keep as is certainly for Saturday and see how it goes. Not necessarily personnel, but shape. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, we see a slightly better performance in that case. And we have uh, a little bit more um, positivity on this podcast next week. We're going to finish off with our game, lads. So, um, who won last time? I think Ian did, but obviously he's not here. So, who won the last time before that? Was it you, Ryan? I think it was you, wasn't it? Might have been Luke. No, it weren't me. Right. <laughs> I think, it, yeah, it might have been me then. Right, so we'll go with you first, right, and then Chaff and then Luke. So, um, I've picked out a 4-0 win for Dale over Swindon in November 2016, um, as they're our opponents this Saturday. So that's um, November the 19th, 2016. Any of Dale's matchday squad in what was a 4-0 home win at Scotland? 2016. So if um, you need a blue, I think it was the uh, the blue shirt with the white and black, one white and black stripe down down the badge that, that season. Oh, when we were good. When we were good, yeah. Right. Yeah, those were the days. Um, right. Joe Rafferty. Joe Rafferty is correct. Ian Henderson. Ian Henderson, believe it or not, came off the bench. Uh, Callum Camps. Callum Camps, yeah. Mm. It's hard, this one. I'd imagine Calvin Andrew were probably about, weren't he? No, Calvin Andrew, I'm afraid, right? Oh, oh so we were good, weren't we? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're down to two. Um, Rathbone? Rathbone's correct. Um... Andy Cannon. Oh, wow. Really disappointing display this. No Andy Cannon, so Chaff takes the win. Um, I'll run through the team now. It was Conrad Logan in goal, uh, Joe Rafferty, Jim McNulty, Keith Keane, Callum Camps, Matty Lund, Ollie Rathbone, Joe Thompson, Nathaniel Mendes-Lang, Joe Bunny, Ruben Noble-Lazarus, and then on the bench was Josh Lillis, Harrison McGahey, Scott Tanza, Aaron Morley, Ian Henderson, 
Steve Davies, who came on and scored two, and Sammy Odalusi. So a victory for Chaff. Uh, Luke, have you ever won? I think I've won one, that's it. I actually don't think I've generally done that bad either in them. Okay. <laughs> I normally push them all the way, do you know what I mean? You keep telling oh. yourself that. Yeah, the, the, the silence says it all, I think, mate. So um, we'll call it a day there. Like I said, we'll be back next week to talk through uh, the Salford-Swindon games. Hopefully we'll have a few more points on the board by that point and we'll be in a slightly better mood for the next podcast. But all that's left for me to say on this episode is thank you very much, Ryan. Yeah, cheers, Dean. Cheers, Chav. Nice one, thanks, mate. And cheers, Luke. Cheers, lads. Catch you all next time. Up the dope. You always laugh when I say up the dale, right? I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>